All right, everybody, this is Tim Blankenship and Patty Handy. Today we're doing a little different format. We are doing uh, office hours. And I think what we mean by that, and correct me if I'm wrong, Patty, we're going to talk about some things. You're going to talk about some financial coaching. I'm going to talk about some divorce things, but we're also going to be answering people's questions. We kind of promoted this a little bit, so maybe we'll get some people coming on. I'm asking some questions about divorce or financial coaching and and that sort of thing. Um, I did this once before I told you, and I I I did a little bit of an introduction like this, like uh, and then went over something. But for the most part, I kind of just let it the video run with the um, something showing. I think I had shown you that basically mm-hmm. showed something like this that, and I just let this run without me talking. And until people came on, then I'd show my screen and, and talk. So nice. this time we're going to talk about divorce and uncontested paperwork. I'm going to talk about the 10 most misunderstood things people have when it comes to an uncontested divorce in California. Um, you're going to talk about some financial stuff that maybe kind of interplays with what I'm talking about, maybe some of the paperwork and confusions there and how things work. So how are you doing today, Patty? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you. And I hope that people join in and ask questions because like a, a teacher, you know, having office hours, it's an opportunity to come in and just ask your questions and have some, you know, one-on-one time. And although it is live on social media, you, uh, you know, you will be known out there. But uh, if you've got some some questions, we'd be happy to answer them. And of course, reach out to us personally as well, if you have any questions. Yeah, it worked out pretty good last time. We just had them, um, you know, they can ask questions. I think mostly on YouTube and the chat and the comments, rather, they can ask their comments and they come through right away. So we're able to see them. I think you should be able to see comments as well on your end. So when, if we do get some questions, you know, we can just reply to them. We can, but uh, you can share, I think you can share your screen as well if you need to do that. I don't um, see, I don't see an area where I see comments. I mean, there's a, there's a, um, a private chat. Is that what you're referring to? That's just you and me, but okay. you, you might, hmm. yeah, I thought it said that you could see the comments as well. Um, if not, what I do is I'm able to flash, flash the comments onto the screen. Okay. They kind of, they kind of do that. Okay. So got we, it. We could see them. So that's kind of what I was doing last time. Okay. I'll yeah. let you handle all the technology. Technology is not my strong suit. Yeah, we did a, um, Connor and I, on our Tuesday show, we did, uh, we had three guests on and there's a lot of, lot of, lot going on on the operating side. So trying to talk and control the people coming into the green room and out of the green room and bringing them in and removing them and all that was, uh, was interesting. It was, yeah, uh, I, I would probably not do well at that. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, I think I've, this is probably my maybe 50th live Okay. Broadcast. So I'm starting to get used to the controls a little bit. So you're you're the pro. All yeah. right. I'm in good hands. Fantastic. Yeah. This will be easy. So, anyways, we're going to talk about the 10 top most 10 most misunderstood things people have with uncontested divorce paperwork in California. And Patty, I I thought that would be a good topic while we're waiting for people to come in. We should have paid some people to ask questions. <laughs> um, but uh half of my clients that come to me have already started their paperwork and got stuck in the process somewhere. Mm. Um, and because they do think it's easy, you know, when they file for divorce, we've had a couple of people jump on today. We're answering questions. If you guys are just joining us, we're answering questions about the uncontested divorce process in California. And Patty's answering questions about some financial coaching 
Uh, doesn't have to be related to divorce necessarily, but if you have some financial questions, go ahead and ask in the comments and we'll get to those. Meanwhile, we're talking about the 10 most common misunderstood, uh, misunderstood things people have. Um, so yeah, half of my clients come to me already having started the paperwork. And the first, the first um, topic I have here is complexity of the process. Um, people think that the process is going to be simple because they are um, what they'll normally say is they have a simple divorce, meaning maybe there's no kids or minimal assets or something like that. So based on that, they will assume the process uh, is simple. And you would think that it would be and it should be. But the paperwork essentially is the same. The only thing is that's becoming simple about their their process is that they are in agreement or they're cooperative. So they've tackled that first battle. But now they still have to get through the paperwork portion. And that, you know, obviously has all the legalities. You miss one on one form. If you miss one dot or miss dotting one I or crossing one T, your whole case gets rejected. Um, and I think people don't understand that even if it's you're amicable, good. That's you're halfway there. The other half is getting the paperwork done. And in my experience doing this, they'll I'll find that they can file the divorce paperwork. They can file the initial paperwork and a case number issued. They can get, do some of the forms and they think everything's going fine because what people understand is the courts do not review anything you've ever filed until you turn in your final judgment or settlement agreement paperwork. And that's when you get your first reject notice with 25 things you've did wrong, sometimes even on the initial paperwork. So Wow. So I have a question for you on that. If it's a very friendly, easy divorce and there's, like you said, no kids and not much in assets and it's just very, you know, as you called it, simple, does it work through or does it move through the, the, the system any faster or is it the same type of timing? So it's it, you can't circumvent the six month process, but you will not you you will get the paperwork done within that six months for sure. So I can give you some examples. With LA County, because they uh, adopted the e-filing for the entire process, start to finish, from initial petition to judgment, um, we can e-file everything. It can be e-signed and e-notarized. Nice. So the speed of processing, like a normal client for LA County, what that looks like is um, they hire me today. I have them initial documents, you know, initial petition signed and filed, and we get the case filed with the court the same day. If they can provide me with their settlement agreement, you know, as soon as as soon as they have it, say sometimes the next day they already have you know already had an agreement prior to calling me, um, I can finalize their paperwork. They can e-file or e-sign, e-notarize, and then the only delay there is we have to wait 30 days from the date of service of the petition to file the settlement agreement and final paperwork. So in, in LA County, four weeks later after filing and serving, we file the judgment and usually it's approved in two or three days. So six months before it's final, but processing time immensely faster than going through the court because you're bypass, you're not seeing a judge, there's no court. Um, so it's, it's just, uh, I tell people it, it's kind of like when you're buying a house and, and, and dealing with escrow and, you know, it's, it's more of a, a procedural nature. It's still obviously a legal um, process, but right. working with me or doing all the paperwork, all the forms, all the filing. So they're really just talking with me, no interaction with the court at all. So did that speeding up of doing the e-signature and all that stuff, did that happen from COVID or is that before COVID as well? No, that happened um, due to COVID. Due I mean, to COVID. I'm sure, okay. I'm sure maybe they were planning on, it was in the works um, prior, but it really thrusted that forward 
yeah. um, to where right. and and what's funny is LA County is the busiest county for divorce cases in all of California, and they mm. were the first to come out with the their e filing system for just the initial documents initially just to the petition. Um, and that was great because before we had to have a court runner come to office every day, pick up our filings for LA County, run them wow. to the, all the various courts, file them, and then bring them back the next day. The alternative was to mail them, but the courts would take two to three weeks, you know, sometimes a month to get those back, the wow. initial filing. So it just really delayed things. So, yeah, this I, COVID probably um, put a real big push on this, but now LA County, it's the whole process is uh, e file. And that's what made the big difference. Because when we would turn in the judgments, um, even if we had that same process where we, you know, submitted after four weeks of the case being filed, when we submit the judgment, that was taking three to four months to process. Because they had to go, we had to turn, you know, make five copies of everything, mm. uh, have it dropped off at the court, and it would just sit in bins until they got to it, and took forever. So wow. the, the the review process, I mean, we went from an average of say five months to four weeks. Um, to get a divorce case done. And that's in LA County. We still have the same issue with all the other courts in California. Um, Some of them are now just getting on board with the initial documents being filed. So we can get that filed in a couple days, but then everything else has to is is how it was before everywhere else. That's unfortunate. Hopefully they'll get on the the bandwagon here soon. If there's any silver lining to COVID, you know, certainly this is one of them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think that even the like the self-help center, I don't think they see people anymore. That's all done um, like on a call in system for help. And the clients that um, are calling me, they are saying that whenever they they call for help, it's, it's over the phone and they're getting a different person every time. And they can tell mm-hmm. that these uh, folks are working from home. And the other issue is apparently... I don't know if it's all the counties, but it was LA County is what I was told is that so many um, clerks quit or retired during COVID that all these people are new now and mm-hmm. they're getting bad information um, when they're calling this the the self-help centers. Why was there a big quitting during COVID? I didn't know. And I wasn't aware of that. Um, it made sense um, when I saw what was going on. But yeah, I don't know why they decided to do that. I don't know if they quit or was there layoffs because the court was closed. You know, I don't, I never got uh, to understand why, why that happened. That could be, yeah. Demand. Wow. Okay. So what is next with some? uh... So the next one is, is hiring an attorney is the topic. So people are unaware of the, that an attorney, they either think an attorney is required to file for divorce Mm -hmm. or they think the other alternative is that they can just do it themselves. And I bring this up because at least, I don't know, a couple of times a week, I'll have someone who found me and, and you know, we'll do a consultation and say, Oh, I I didn't even know a service like this exists or was possible or something along those lines. So, you know, the, so the, um, the misunderstanding on, on this is you don't need an attorney and you don't have to, while you can do it yourself, you don't have to. And there are folks like me, um, that, ha- that handle the paperwork, you know, for you on beh- on behalf of them, both parties and the court. <clears throat> and one thing I want to bring up on that as well is I have been talking to other people in this industry are very, um, 
not very sharing. They don't like, they, they won't like, they're not very good at collaborating or helping each other out. I get calls all the time from people that have questions because I have, you know, a lot of content on YouTube and they'll, they'll call or email me and say, I have a question. Can you help me with this? Which I always do. Um, but others do not, um, collaborate too well they're like they, they they hold on to like they think they have the secret or there's not enough business to go around which there, there obviously is mm-hmm. um but i kind of forgot what direction i was going with this but well the oh, need for an attorney yeah and i i talk so i've been talking to some of these and i only work with clients who where i'm working with both spouses and they're 100 amicable you know i won't take them on if there's even a single disagreement or one party's not going to participate. I've talked to some now that they have a complete different approach where they will only work with one party and not oh. both parties. Interesting. And yeah, and I I thought that was interesting because first of all, you're basically forcing the other spouse to go somewhere else, even if they are in agreement. Now you have two different people giving two different sets of advice on what the paperwork needs to be done to get. I think that just overly complicates it. And that's why I don't like taking cases where I'm not working with both. And I don't charge double for working with both spouses. But I think these these people are operating like a, like attorneys would, where they're kind mm-hmm. of, you know, quasi, quote unquote, representing them in essence. And I think that's a dangerous road to go down because then you're talking about having to give whether you mean to or not, you know, advice on procedure or, you know, community property yeah. laws and, and things like that. So. Um, yeah. I think that opens up the can of worms to have mm-hmm. more issues too. It's going to, okay. That person may or may not like plant a seed of a question. And then the spouse is like, okay, well, that's my concern for me. And suddenly it's, you know, it's, if they charge by the hour or however they charge, it's 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 just it's yeah. not not a healthy way to proceed. I like the way you do this, where you're working with both of them, and there's no secrets, there's no unknowns, there's no uncertainty. This is the way it is. It's black and white. It's super simple, and that's just the way it is. I mean, like you said, it's a friendly divorce, and we're just moving in our different directions, and let's do the paperwork and move on. And that's a nice, clean way to do it. Yeah. The uh, and that kind of dovetails dovetails into what I do as a as a you know document preparation, um, and then going to why I want to work with both spouses is that we can't give legal advice. We're not attorneys. We're not, um, you know, we're not handling contested cases. We're not. We don't represent you. We basically are facilitating the process by doing the paperwork for you and, you know, inter- intervening between you and the court and mm-hmm. the process and going back to people that are doing what I do, but only handle one spouse They're they, they're just, they're having to give some amount of advice. And I think that's where people are going to get themselves into hot water Yeah, is because if you are doing that, you are basically, um, uh, it's called the unlawful practice of law. And you, the bar association can, can literally take away your, it's not a license. It's basically a registration we have to get um, in California, but I mean, it's to take away your ability to, to do what you do in your livelihood. So and, yeah, shut his business down. That's, that's treading very, very tricky waters. Yeah. The other thing I want to talk about what is um, basically online divorce services. This wasn't part of the topic, but it, it does there's a lot of um, 
lost leader online divorce, probably hundreds of them, uh, where you can you know pay anywhere from twenty nine dollars up to there's places called like Hello Divorce. There's Legal Zoom, and they and they offer an online process at least maybe to start. So a couple of different scenarios here. The the all these are is basically form building solutions. So where you you know you in one field you're entering your name and it's basically auto populating the form. The the downside with those with online divorce services is there's no oversight. There's no one reviewing your paperwork. There's no one telling you if you're doing it wrong. Essentially, whatever you put in the box is going to show up on the form. Mm-hmm. And I think that people get um, you know they see the price twenty nine bucks or hundred bucks or whatever the case is. And they get sucked into that. And all they end up doing is they might as well just do that paperwork themselves as opposed to doing a a form builder or online divorce service because they have to handle all of the process themselves. They still have to file the paperwork. They still have to um, serve the paperwork. They have to, you know, I've seen, I used to keep um, with LegalZoom. I get so many clients from them. I used to get, um, they get this booklet. So it's about, about that thick. Um, once they fill out all their pay- their forms online, they mail it to them. They mail them the paperwork as opposed to printing. It. I, I bet they got away from that at this point, hmm. but they get these giant packets. So when I used to see people in person, they bring their giant legal zoom divorce packet in and with uh, 15 pages of instructions on what to, what to do, file this, file that, wow. you know? Yeah. And it's just crazy. So they get this packet and then they're just completely lost. So I, I, I get a ton of clients that have done legal zoom, but any other type of online divorce service as well, um, or even doing it themselves. Like I said, half, half the people that come to me are somewhere in the process and getting stuck. But these, these online divorce services, I think they're just um, a waste of money to be fair. Well, like most things in life, you get what you pay for. And True. if you're paying, paying $29, that should be a flag that it's less than, you know, there's something, yeah. there's something wrong with that. Um, I mean, there's always that off chance that someone fills out everything perfectly and they don't miss the dotted I and the cross T. But I would imagine that there's so much to that stack of papers you spoke of that it would be uh, probably a rarity that it was done all correctly. Yeah. So and that's I, for sure. And I, and I, you know, I've, I've done these live recordings where I've gone over how to do the, your entire divorce, uh, case start to finish um so if if people are watching this and you you want to do it yourself maybe you don't have the financial resources and you have the time well all you have to do is watch this one video and it shows you step by step how to do every single form from initial petition through divorce um so and that's free right it's just on just on youtube that's free um that's the nice. next topic yeah go ahead yeah no i'm just saying it's very nice good for you yeah. The next topic is disclosure of assets and debts. And you could probably help us out um, with this one as well. Um, people think that, or I should say, it's a, it's a common misunderstanding that w- what the definition of community property is, and without me giving legal advice, um, that essentially is, you know, assets and debts you acquire during the marriage are considered community property. That's pretty, pretty straightforward. People think people's understanding, not all of them, but they call me say, they'll say, Oh, we, uh, I saw, do you guys have any um, assets or debts? And they'll say, no, nothing together. So the, their assumption is mm. that is not something that, that those are, those don't need to be addressed in the divorce or the alternative is they'll say, we don't, 
we're, we're, our names aren't on, you know, we don't have anything joint or we never could, we never had joint bank accounts or nothing's in each, in both of our names. And so, as you know, that those things still need to be addressed, even though your names aren't on them, like yeah. pensions and, you know, 401ks and all that. So that's, it's important that, that those are disclosed, number one, so you get, so parties can, you know, make a, you know, see what there is to address. And if you guys end up wanting to keep your own stuff, that's fine. Um, but for purposes of coming to a fair agreement. And number two, you want a, your settlement agreement to say, this is what you are walking away with in the divorce. So if something happened 10 years from now, you have a piece of paper called a divorce decree or a judgment that you have signed and notarized as have the judge to say, no, look at right here. says right here, I was keeping X, Y, and Z. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's interesting. Um, in years past, um, I, I won't explain where, but we had got, we had received some calls, um, from individuals, not, not many, there's probably like literally two or three I could think of, um, that were going through a divorce and they, you know, called in for some financial advice. And, uh, after probing a little bit, the comment was, no, I want to hide the assets from my, my wife. <laughs> and we're like, okay, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah. we, we want nothing to do with this conversation or you. So goodbye. Um, but there's still that going on, which is very sad and, and, uh, unfortunate. Yeah, the, the, those people are and, out there. Yeah, but it's going to come back and bite you. I mean, what you know, it's like, what are you thinking? I want to say the last time I looked, you know, and that, and that's why there's attorneys, you know, for for scenarios like that, people hiding assets or forensic accountants. Yeah, I, I think yeah, forensic accountants, and um, I think that uh, if you want to do that, you should call Hunter Biden and find out who he used to create all his shell companies for all the money he got from China and Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then try to sleep at night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. That is not a recommendation, by the way, that was a joke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh dear. So, so that's interesting. You've had people like, did, were they, trying to call to say, how do I hide the assets or yeah, like, like the best way to hide assets? And we're like, yeah, go away. Yeah. <laughs> we're not having this conversation with you. We don't, no, we don't do that. We don't, we don't entertain that kind of, you know, conversation. Of course. Yeah. Of course. You know, the, uh, when I worked for a law firm many moons ago, I mean, that, that was happening all day long, not disclosing or intentionally mm. hiding assets or it just, you know, to what end, you know, yeah. it's, I want to say that um, I read that the the penalty, like what the, the court penalty for, let's say, not disclosing something that's later turned up that is, is to that the penalty can be awarding 100% of that hidden asset to the other spouse for intentionally, you know, not, mm -hmm. not just forgetting to list something, but intentionally not disclosing or concealing assets. I I would think that that would be the minimum. I mean, there should be a penalty right. on top of that. You know, a, that's a serious hand slap, uh, if nothing more. I mean, that's, yeah. that's not right. If you're just joining us, I see a couple people have popped on. We are answering questions about the uncontested divorce process in California, uh, as far as my expertise. And Patty's answering some financial questions coaching questions. If you guys have questions, feel free to uh, 
comment. Meanwhile, we're talking about misunderstandings in the divorce process in California. And number six that I have here, Patty, is child custody. Um, and I guess we could throw in child support as well. But when it comes to child custody, the misunderstandings are, at least with what I am dealing with, you know, people working out an agreement is that they feel they have to have a super complex, detailed parenting plan regarding the children that they, because if you look at the child custody form, like if you, we use the forms, the court has forms for everything. So there's an actual child custody attachment form to the judgment, which becomes part of the settlement agreement. And it's a four page form initially, just the basic form. And there's at least five additional attachments, a joint, a, a joint uh, custody attachment that that also has two pages with 25 to 30 other things you can add on there. Um, so your custody can be complex and it can account for the child's every minute and second and who they're with and when and why. Um, but it doesn't have to be that way. The, when you look at the form, if you're just looking at the forms for the first time, you're going to say, oh, my God, I have to fill out all these different options. I have to fill out what days of the week and times and holidays. There's a holiday schedule to cover every holiday of the year. So that the misconception is that is not required. You don't, you can, it's not wrong to have a detailed parenting plan, but it's not mandatory. So I'll tell my clients, like if you want to have an open parenting plan that does not detail the times and places and who with and all that, that's totally fine. All we have to do is address the labels of the custody, meaning is it going to be joint custody, joint physical, joint legal? That's all the court needs. They don't need okay. a parenting plan. They say joint legal, joint physical. The court's totally fine with that. They, they know the parents are going to um, have an open schedule that they're just going to co-parent and kind of parent like they were as they were married. Obviously, they're communicating on who's taking them to school and, and all that. So, And you can always build in some kind of minimal... Um, guardrails, you know, like let's say yeah. they want to have a joint legal and joint physical, but they're, you know, they live with mom, you know, for school and all that. We can put in there, you know, mom to be the primary custodial parent, something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's very open ended. Um, Which makes perfect sense because I mean, you know, as kids age and things change and schedules change and they become, you know, involved in sports and, you know, college and whatever else. I mean, an example, my son was 18 months old and certainly through his life and his changes with, you know, starting school and all his out, you know, outside activities and whatnot, um, things were, you know, there was, there was, there was changes and we just communicated and it was, it was yeah. fine. It would have been a complete hassle if we had to go and, you know, get something formalized because that's just a bigger pain. Yeah. For those of you that are just joining on, I see some more people uh, that are, are watching or at least listening. If you have questions about the uncontested divorce process in California, go ahead and comment and we'll be answering those questions. If you have form questions, I can share my screen. And if you're having trouble with your divorce, be happy to have, help you with that. Patty is answering financial questions, uh, not related to divorce necessarily, but if you have some, uh, if you need some financial coaching questions, she can turn a dollar into a million dollars. You know. Okay, that's a false statement right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, going back to the custody uh, discussion, I think the the amicable nature of what I do and and the clients that I help speak to the fact of why they want an open ended, you know, very basic framework on their custody. Um, as opposed to litigated cases 
you know, when I worked for the courts, that's when you were seeing where it was maybe a highly, highly contentious divorce or high conflict divorce. I mean, they have to, because of the very nature of their relationship being so poor, they have to have every hour and day and time, um, you know, very detailed um, parenting plan because they're probably looking for a reason to say, hey, they didn't follow the court order. You know, they, they need, it needs to be very specific. So we would generally, in hearings, get see very um, detailed custody plans. But with what I do, it's, it's a complete opposite. Yeah, that's actually a beautiful thing, you know. Yeah. Keep it peaceful. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, so child support is the next misunderstanding people have. Um, and I want to clarify a couple of things. So child support is mandatory in the state of California. If you are trying to do your own divorce, if you go through the courts, the, the court's going to require you have some amount of child support. In fact, I read a policy from the supervising judge of California saying that one party is going to pay the other in every case. There's no, you can't waive it. You can't say you don't want any. Um, so every case needs to have child support. So now that said, 90% of my clients don't want child support. They want to handle it outside of court. They want to they have their own agreement. They don't want it for whatever reason. They don't want that as part of it. So there is a way to reserve jurisdiction over child support. So there's a loophole to that. So even though it's quote unquote mandatory, there's a loophole. There's some additional language and forms that we include in the settlement agreement if they want to reserve jurisdiction. We used to say that there was going to be zero. And this is a recent change on the language the courts want. We usually, before we on the child support order, we could say zero child support, no, no uh, support due either party. Now they want us to put it that's reserved for future determination, which that makes more sense, the language for that. So it's not waiving. It's not saying none now or ever, but it's saying none now, but kind of like the alimony, none now, but possibly leave that door open because that's that's California law, the, the child support portion of it. So, so I've got um, a question on that. How, does that protect um, one of the other spouse? It, I, I think what I'm thinking is, you know, like you mentioned earlier, if the, if the kids are primarily with mom and dad comes on the weekends and takes them um, and she's you know, primary provider, there should be some child support with that. But if, yeah. if nothing is stated, does that protect her from like, can she go back to her ex and say, Hey, wait a minute, we agreed on this. And like, I'm, I'm questioning like the protection for her. If they're agreeing to no child support. If they're agreeing to a particular dollar amount, let's just say, let's just yeah. for conversation's sake, you know, it's $2,000 a month for child support. And then he pays $1,000 one month. And she's like, wait a minute, you owe me another thousand bucks. And there's some issues back and forth. Does that protect her from going back to the course and say, we agreed on 2000. If what you're saying is there's zero in the, in the paperwork. So uh, we have uh, Mads football edits is uh, asking a question. He says, what are we talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> so what we're talking about is, the uncontested divorce process in California, if you have questions about that, that's what I specialize in. And Patty's answering financial coaching questions. So if you have questions about, I don't know, Patty, what kind of questions are you going to answer today? What are you I'm open, open to? I'm open Just to open? whatever. Yeah. I'm open, yeah, it's, I, it's um, you know, I'm not an advisor anymore, so I can't give advice, but I um, can certainly ask me something and I will 
uh, tell you make what I can up. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't make these things. Buy, buy Bitcoin. No, we're not going to get, we're no, not giving no. that. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, Tim, you're just full of advice today, huh? You're right. <laughs> so um, to answer your question about the support, yeah. So the child support order um, is part of the final settlement agreement. And that if there is child support, it will state how much that is. And then okay. the parties, the parties sign that and the court signs that, and that becomes um, a court order from the, from the court, obviously, because the judge signed it. So if in your, in your uh, question about if support is not paid, it can get complex. So there is that order it is due, but what if someone doesn't pay at all or pays, stops paying us, you know, the full amount, then you have to go back to court and say, Hey judge, they haven't paid and the judge can then take some other action. Um, one thing that can be done and so it's supposed to be mandatory, but the courts don't make it mandatory is having a income withholding order filed mm -hmm. with the case. That's the best way. If it's, if there is a, a W2 employer or W2 employee that you can attach the support order to their wages. So it's okay. paid directly from the employer then it goes to child support services. I think they give them like a debit card and then they monitor the collection that way through child support services. Even the, even the clients I have that have child support built into their divorce, they're not wanting there to be a withholding order. Uh, they just don't want their employee. You know, it's kind of, it's, yeah. if you have a smaller employer, they know you're divorced now. They know there's a withholding order and they have to cut a separate check to child yeah. support services or however they, they do that or direct deposit. So I can't remember the last time I've I've filed a withholding order on one of our cases um, for that purpose. Because again, for the very nature of what we do being amicable. But when yeah. I worked for the, the courts and I worked for an attorney 11, 12 years ago, almost every case that had support, whether it was alimony, you know, spouse support, child support, or both had the um, withholding orders attached. And it's not wrong to do. I just, it's an, it, the courts say it's mandatory by, by the simple fact that they're not making it mandatory. It's, it, you know, our, I'm telling our clients, you don't have to have it. And most don't want it. Even both spouses, they rather just have, you know, yeah, he's, he or she's going to sell me the money or, um, you know, they, just, they keep one account joint and they just transfer the money into that, that account. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, doing this amicably is completely different. Um, even when people call me, they, they'll they say, oh, I, my situation's different. We agree on everything. I said, well, that's yeah, all that's, I, that's what I'm you, here for. <laughs> you and the other 20 people I talked to this month. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, spousal support, big issue is, so the child support, just to kind of end up end on that, is you don't have to have it if you guys don't want it. If you agree you want to reserve it, that can be done. Special language has to be inserted into the settlement agreement to do that. If you're trying to do your own divorce and you and you don't, you know, and, and they'll and you think your divorce is easy because there's no let's just say there's no child support, that actually complicates the divorce because that goes against the grain of the court policy where it needs to be mandatory. So it actually I get what you're saying. They're saying when they say it's, hey, it's amicable, but that actually they'll, they will never know how to get, if they're trying to do their own divorce, they will never get it through because the court's not going to tell them that you need the special language. That essentially is a few paragraphs of language. They will cite, I've seen it. They'll say, Hey Tim, you know, they'll hire me and they'll say, hey, I got this reject letter because they said we can't do no child support. And they said, we need to um, reference um, a, a particular family law code. 
And so you can't just say, you know, I'm referencing this code. There's a, a whole paragraph that goes into that. Same with the spouse support, which I was going to talk about next. There's a whole paragraph of waiver language if you want to terminate jurisdiction over spouse support um, when you've been married longer than 10 years. And again, you the clients trying to do their own divorce will not ever know what that language is. Um, so if they're trying to terminate spousal and they agree on it, the court will re reject that every time unless you insert this uh, special waiver mm -hmm. language. I get asked about so much. I mean, that I'm thinking of creating like a PDF in Canva with the language as an attachment and like selling it for $10. There like, you go. You want to do your own divorce? Fine. You're going to need this. Here's the, here's the, I have it all written up for you. Pay for the download, do your own divorce, go at it. So I've had yeah. that as a note on my desk for like six months. <laughs> That's a great idea though. For those that want to do it all themselves like that. Yeah. Um, yeah very useful. And a bargain at 10 bucks. Yeah. So uh, I guess the other thing to talk about with spousal support is that it's no longer a deductible expense. It's mm -hmm. also not claimed as income to either party. So I guess that's a benefit to the receiving spouse. They don't have to claim it, but the person paying it can't deduct it anymore. Um, I want to say five years ago or so, they that that changed, and the only ones that are able to continue to claim and or deduct is if they were their judgment was completed before that that changed. So they're like grandfathered in. Yeah, I think it's been about five years. I think. Yeah, that, does that sound familiar? Yeah. 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 So, all right, you know. Um, not on my list, but you could probably um, attest to this. Um, Social Security in divorce, the whole 10-year rule. Do you Are you familiar with that? Can you explain that? Yeah. So if you were married longer than 10 years, uh, if you're over 62 and not remarried, there's some stipulation, um, then you can possibly have a 50% um, of your ex's um, social security if it's higher than your own. Um, but if you're remarried, um, or before 62, that, that won't apply. Um, so my recommendation is to call the social security office. They cannot tell you how much your ex-spouse's social security number is, but they can tell you if it's higher or lower than yours or half of his or hers is higher or lower than yours so that you can count on yours or you can count on your spouses or ex-spouses. Um, but at the end of the day, you've got to call Social Security and have a conversation with them. And your ex doesn't ever know, and it doesn't ever affect his benefits or her benefits, and it doesn't affect if he remarried or she remarried, it doesn't affect the spouses. So it's kind of one of those weird weird things. But um, yeah, it just depends on on if yours is, if your personal one is higher than 50% of his or hers. Yeah, I think, and the reason I asked you about that is because I will see people um, write in their agreement that um, we, I've had it said this way, uh, the only thing we're fighting over is Social Security. Uh, he doesn't want to give me his or vice versa, Social Security. So I'll have to have that conversation with them. Usually I'll send them the link to the IRS uh, or Social Security. Social Security, um, yeah. Yeah, that uh, 
And, and I'll explain it to him because if you read it, it's kind of confusing unless you just break it down like you just did. Um, you know, the, the 50% of, and it doesn't affect the spouse receiving the higher amount. They still get their full amount. Yeah. Right. And they don't even know that you filed it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't apply. It doesn't affect um, his, you know, or hers um, benefits at all. And I think that's, a, I mean, what's the, what was the policy reason on that? I mean, what I see is, let's say you had a, a marriage where, um, you know, mom or dad stayed home 20 years and never worked. And their social security obviously is going to be significantly less unless, mm -hmm. they, you know, they catch, catch back up. So it makes sense that you would, there would be some benefit for them um, in that way, you know, to get some of imagine, that. Yeah. I have to imagine that's part of how that actually yeah. came to fruition because um, you know, like you said, a lot of those typically the, the, you know, ladies would stay at home and be the full-time mom. And was that for, like you said, 20 years till the kids were off to college. Yeah. And it might've been more than that if there was, you know, two, three, four kids involved. Um, and then the husband has these larger benefits and she's got nothing. So that totally makes sense that she has, um, you know, rights to half of his benefits. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that clears that part up. Um, the, so the next topic we have here is legal terminology. Um, <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, when people are doing their own, their own divorce, all they have to go on is, what it says on the form, you know, the, for instance, the summons literally says, and it is, it is a, it is a lawsuit, right? It is, but you don't, I guess I don't think of it that way anymore because we do this from an amicable viewpoint, but it says on the summons, you are being sued, right? And, he, and it gives you all the instructions on, you know, if you need to file a response in 30 days. If you don't, your spouse is going to get everything that they want. That, that I'm, 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 I'm putting that in plain English, but that's what it's kind of saying Like you'll lose your rights. And it's very scary language. Um, yeah. And so people follow that, those, that instruction because that's what it says. And it seems as if there's no other option in doing that from a procedural standpoint, even when amicable. So we'll get people calling me that have maybe struggled with their divorce for a year or two. Um, and, they have their you know paperwork filed and I'll see that they filed the petition. It was personally served. Like they had a process server or sheriff go serve their spouse, even though they're amicable, which is not necessary. I'll, I'll go back on that. And hmm. then, you know, the next thing they did was file the response. So you paid the petition fee 435. Then you filed the response, another 435 and they're amicable as opposed to my clients, because I'm controlling, not controlling, I'm working with both facilitating the process. The response isn't necessary if you're in agreement with your spouse. So why do I say that? Simply to save my clients money. We we get our clients through, both clients through the divorce on just a single filing fee, not filing the response intentionally. So to those of you who are saying, hey, I don't want to pay someone to do my divorce. I want to save money. You've paid twice the amount of court fees already that you, you, know, that you should have working with me. And you paid a process server probably $125. And then at the end of the day, because I'm not saying you don't know what you're doing, but you don't, and it's, it's, it's complicated, um, the process, um, they still come to me and hire me after all of that, paying twice the fees, process server, two or three years in the process, and then they end up hiring me anyways. So 
Wow. Uh, and I've had that happen. I've seen people who've consulted with me. I gave them, you know, here, here's what we charge. And I have a pretty good database I've had for four or five years now. So I'll, when they, I'll get maybe them set up consultation. I always see if I've talked to them before. And oftentimes it's someone I talked to a year or two ago that I quoted them and then they're, they went and tried it on their own, which, you know, I get it. You're trying to save money. But at the end of the day, it's just a very tricky process. And we're talking about the terminology part of it. Um, it you know, people say uncontested divorce. They they just, they, they just use the, the phrases that they have, you know, the serving. And it's a scary process. It's the courts. It's like it's, it's a very challenging process, especially when you can't get help on the phone. You can't get help. You know, there's no self-help center really technically anymore. You can't go in. Back in the day... I, I volunteered at the courts in the, in their self-help center and just to get experience in, in working with people representing themselves and they would line out the door. This was when it was at San Fernando, there'd be a line out the door to get wow. in. You can only get so many people in and uh, to help them with their paperwork. And you basically, you know, they're, they're filling it out. We're kind of answering their questions and all that. That's gone. You know, it's, um, yeah. I mean, well, then you, must be, you must be very busy then. <laughs> good for me. I mean, please make it more challenging and more difficult to, to get through so people need me. I know that's not fair to say, but it, it's a reality. Yeah. Wow. I think it's, uh, you know, yeah, what you do is a, is a true gift. It's uh, we just got to get you out known more in the world. I'm sure a lot of people don't even know that your service, like you said, doesn't doesn't exist. They don't even know that you, you know, that's a possibility. So yeah. getting out there is big. So the last one I have here is time frame. Um, and here I'm going to read the, the comment. It says, some people assume that an uncontested divorce will be quick and finalized within a few weeks. While uncontested divorces tend to be faster, the exact timeline depends on various factors, including court availability and complexity of your case. So as we were talking earlier, in L.A. County, it can be done in a few weeks um, in California. Four weeks, L.A. County is what I meant to say. Still going to be four or five months in other counties just because it, we have to mail in their documents and the processing timeline once we submit their judgment for review takes um, several months. But it's still before the six-month date. So even though these are getting done in you know sooner than six months, it doesn't speed up the fact that it's six months before you're officially divorced in California. Some states are 30 days, maybe Nevada, Arizona, some of these other states. It is, it is very quick. But California, six months, no matter how fast I process your paperwork, it's still the date on there. For instance, we filed cases. What is it? We're July. So we filed cases in um, about this time in June. I filed three judgments. He filed LA County yesterday. They were approved today. And I want to say that the, so here we are in July 19th. The divorce is approved by the court. Totally done. The date on it is like January 20, you know, I don't know, 21st of next year because that they basically have to post date the effectiveness of the dissolution of the marriage. So I heard one time the reason why they wait six months, and I don't know whether this is accurate or not, but I had heard that they do that to give the couple an opportunity to work through their issues and perhaps not get divorced after all. Is that is 100%. that? Yeah. Okay. It's called the cooling off period, which that makes perfect sense, right? to give people an opportunity to reconcile. Um, and, and it happens. In fact, I want to say I had two just in the last two weeks, I would say, Hey, can we pause the process? I want to want to work on the marriage. Wow. Um, that's awesome. 
Yeah, and of course, and you know, so we'll always pause it and, and whatnot. But yeah, if they um, that's what that's there for. What if you could walk into court, you guys sign a piece of paper and divorce approved, and then the next day you change your mind or next week or next month, you'd have to get remarried. Keep in mind these where I'm talking about where the divorce is approved in four weeks, but it's still six, you know, it's still five more months technically and still it's official. They could go to court and have that case dismissed um, within that six month window. And it, it's as if it never happened. Mm, okay. That's good. Clean, clean slate. Yep. We've had people um, try to, to change their mind after the six months have passed and they've, they wanted to not ever show as being divorced or have to ever say they were divorced. So they, they'd mm -hmm. asked me to get them into court to talk to the judge to see if they can do what's called a set aside, which means set the judgment aside. So as it, as if it wasn't there. And, um, they told, they told them, you know what, it's just easier if you get remarried. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. They, they, they won't, they won't do that. It's like you had your six months, you know, yeah. just, just go get remarried. So. Wow. I have heard of stories, though, where people get divorced and then years later they remarry, they, they come back. Um, and so I've heard those stories. Yeah, I think sure. I told you once before we were talking about not funny stories, but just came up. But I've done I've done clients divorces. They got remarried to each other and I, then I did divorce them again. Well, that's uh, right. We did talk about that a while yeah. back. I remember yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it happens. Um, yeah. Life, it happens. Hey, talk to life. us about your coaching program, Patty. We haven't talked about that in a while. And I know we're we're kind of coming up here on 50 minutes, and I wanted to have you have an opportunity to talk about that because we got a couple of people that were tuning in, but only one guy asked a question, and he just want to know what we're talking about. Okay, <laughs> what's happening over there, people? Um, yeah, so I have a um, a uh, a program called Minding Her Money, and basically it is designed for uh, primarily women who are divorced, uh, widowed, or single, and it is. Um, a comprehensive online course. And it's essentially, you know, I help you transform your finances and your life. I mean, that's it kind of in a nutshell. I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching as well and um, group coaching. So there's a couple of different ways that you can work with me. Uh, best way to look at the various choices is to go to the website, which is pattyhandy.com, which is patty with the I, handy with the Y. Um, I do have an upcoming masterclass coming up. Um, it's a five-day masterclass starting July 31st through August 4th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Um, so jump onto the website and there's a masterclass tab on there. You can click on that and take you to the what we're going to be covering in the class and the details of it. Um, it's going to be a great class as well. Um, but any questions, you can go to my um, contact page. It's a calendar. You can book a call with me if you've got questions. I'm happy to answer any questions, but really it's, it's really meant to, again, you know, help women become financially independent, um, financially confident and that, um, security and knowledge that they're going to be okay. And, um, you know, get that financial peace of mind and that, and that financial confidence. So where's this, uh, masterclass? Um, I must've skipped over it. Um, if you go to the homepage, uh, scroll down a little bit, it says masterclass. Um, and then uh, if you click on the logo on the left-hand side, that takes you right to the homepage. Masterclass. Yeah. Five-day live masterclass, July 31st. To August 4th. To August 4th. Yeah, Six. I am doing it in the evening this time. I did one about a month ago during the day, and um, I had a lot of people say, 
I work all day. Can you, you know, send me a recording, which I did. I, I did record it yeah. and I will be recording this again as well. Um, and so, yeah, that, that basically tells you all of what's being covered in the class. So you're talking about, okay, so, so 47 bucks, that seems fair. So is it, is it an hour? It's an hour. Minutes? It's it's an hour each day. So they're going to get five hours of, of education and then um, a, an opportunity for Q and A at the end. Um, and I'm going to hold it really tight to the hour because I want everyone to know that I respect their time and I know yeah. it's, you know, uh, dinner time and it's, 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 uh, their, their private time. So it'll end right at the you know top of the hour. Yeah. Are you getting more signups because of the being in the evening? Uh, not yet. I just, uh, uh, still 12 days away though. Yeah. I just, uh, uh, announced I like the that. timer. Yeah. It's not fancy. My, is my, that part of the Kajabi hijabi thing? Well, my VA did it because I don't know how to do technology. Oh. Um, I'm like, oh, nice touch. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, people tend to be procrastinators and they, you know, they book at the, you know, the last week or something. Um, so uh, it's still, it's still light in terms of registrations. But um, yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a, a great course and lots of good information. And a lot of information that I teach in this course is material that I have in my Minding Her Money program. So um, it's a great opportunity to why would someone do, is this kind of like an intro to the Minding Her Money course? Like to give them a, a bit of like an um, intro? It's a, well, there's some, well, it's not necessarily an intro. It's material that I do teach in the course, but a, uh -huh. a small piece of it. Cause there's okay. nine modules in the Minding Her Money and um, this is a five day course. So we're not going to tap into everything and go into the depth of everything that I do in the course. Um, but it's going to be a lot of great information and then an opportunity again for them to ask me questions and, um, you know, get some individual coaching. Um, and people ask me, you know, what does a financial coach, um, you know, do? And it's it's part financial educator and part life coach. Um, so it's a combination of that. So if anybody wants to be coached on the call um, and are OK with doing that, then I will do that. And um, all those are, will be recorded. So if you miss the um the live, you can watch the recording uh, at your convenience. So, yeah, I'm excited what about are, it. What I was going to ask you, um, shoot, I was just, I was reading your reading your site and then I lost track of mine. Um, I'll be curious to know the timing. I, I think that what your feedback from the people that asked you to do it later. I think that's your answer right there. Um, I know that like, like YouTube says the best time to publish, for, like for, for at least for, for my channel is um, between three and 5 p.m. Like, you know, so 5 p.m. start something at five, you know, so that makes sense, you know, people are at work. So I think that's a good idea. I'm curious as how that, um, that turns out. But yeah, 47 bucks, you go over a lot of information. You'll, what yeah. are you using to, um, are you using that, is that Zoom or what do you use? It'll be Zoom. Yep. Everybody will be on camera if they want to be. If they want to be off camera, they can just turn themselves off. Um, but yes, it will be all Zoom. So it's open to anybody in the country, um, which is which is nice. Um, yeah, it's a it's a steal at 47 bucks. Once they take the course, they'll certainly um, have a greater understanding and greater respect for the situation. And um, I've done the course before and got some great feedback. So um, I feel I feel good about it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. I, I love teaching and it's going to be a fun, uh, 
fun, fun week. And funny enough, you talked about the hours. When I was at my firm, um, I was with the, was a financial advisor. I had a women's group that I created called The Collective. And I had, um, we had um, meetings um, and I would have a guest speaker come in and uh, we had like a hundred and something members and it was, it was great. And not everybody could come at the, at every meeting, but no. um, I tested different times. I had five to six, six to seven, seven to eight. I even had a noon to catch them on their lunch break and everybody, there was always, you know, somebody who had an issue. It was like, Oh, that's my dinner time. I'm making dinner for my kids. Or, <laughs> or no, this is what I'm taking my kids to school or not to school, no, but this no. is what I'm taking them to their practices or, or, you know, something. And, you know, at the end of the day, I can't, there, there's no good time for everybody that just doesn't. So um, yeah. that's why I do the replay and I offer that um, as a, um, as an option. And if they want to, I mean, I talk very fast, but if they want to play it at, you know, one and a half speed, they can yeah. I'm not sure it's <laughs> going to be understandable because I already speak, you know, pretty quickly. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's what I'm doing. What are some of the next steps you've seen um, people like they can just do the master class and then, just do that or they like what would be the next i guess it depends on what they're needing yeah it really depends on what they need um i do like i said i now offer one-on-one -on -one coaching which i didn't do initially and um if they just want to have private time with me and dig deep into their situation they have the opportunity to, to do that we would meet uh once a week um i do require a two-month minimum because transformation does not happen in just a couple conversations um, and coaching does not, you know, there's no real transformation with that. So they can do that. They can do the, just the self-study and just do the course itself and go their own pace and enjoy that. Um, or if they want to be involved with the group coaching capacity, they can, um, you know, enjoy the course as well as being involved in the, in the group coaching. So I have, it's all on the website as well uh, under the, you know, work with me, you can see what's, what the options are. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it depends on what your needs are. So if you just want some overall financial education, you know, the uh, package with the group coaching is probably your best bet. And um, if you've got a little bit more moving parts and a little bit more comprehensive uh, issues going on in your life and you want that private conversation, we can meet one-on-one. -on -one. And I do limit the one-on-one -on -one, uh, just because I, you know, with just capacity, I can't right. take on too many one-on-one -on -one clients. Um, so my max capacity per month is only 10 clients. Um, with everything else I have going on with the program. So um, once I, you know, am at capacity, then I would have you on a wait list and go from there. Very good. Wait yeah. lists are good. Yeah, wait lists are, are, are good. Um, <laughs> but it starts really, um, I'm going to encourage them to go to the, um, the free roadmap, download that, and then book a call with me so that we can have a conversation and see, you know, number one, if we're fit and, and two, yeah. what which opportunity does make more sense. Um, and I can explain it further, um, you know, privately. And it's a complimentary discovery call that I, that I have and the calendars on the, on the website as well. So they can book that on the calendar. Are you finding people signing up for your uh, masterclass folks you've never even spoke with? The last time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, I just had a call with somebody and, and I asked her how she found me and it was an Instagram reel and I, she's back East and I, not anybody that I knew, um, so yeah, the social media works. I wonder, I wonder if it was one of mine. <laughs> oh, maybe I can't say her name, but it could be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, that, uh, that video AI, I showed, showed you about the, the, um, cutting them into 
Uh, oh, short. Yeah. 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 That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Everything is going to be, yeah, nuts. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, definitely. As always, Patty, it's good talking to you. We always talk about some good stuff. And I know we get a lot more views on the replays um, when this goes out. But yeah. uh, I'll pop it up as well. All right. Thanks, Tim. Always a, always a fun time. All right. And we can end on a, on a good note here. Get some good music going. All right. <laughs> All right. Back. Talk to you later. All righty.